Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast with Craig and Vince. Um, today, hey Vince, how's it going? Happy New Year. Good. Yeah, Happy New Year, Craig. Happy New Year to uh, Scotty and Chad. Are they on? Uh, possibly. They got the number, the call-in number, so we'll see. All right. But, um, yeah, so um, we'll talk a little, bit, a little bit of the Brewer news. Uh, unfortunately, there's not any major free agent signings to come uh, to report to yet, but we got a few transactions and stuff to talk about. Maybe we can talk about some of the players that are still free agents that might be a good fit for the Milwaukee Brewers Baseball Club if, indeed, we're willing to spend any amount of money on any players for our freaking roster. Well, anyway, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, welcome to 2024. Looking forward to uh, – Big Brewer season coming up. Um, yeah, so uh, let's start with like the most the news that happened, of course, like the day after our last podcast, I believe. Anyways, but the Brewers made a kind of significant ish trade with the New York Mets and with their former um, GM Arnold made it with the uh, David Stearns. I'm sure that won't be the last trade between these two guys. Unfortunately, usually probably not to our benefit. But anyway. Um, so the Brewers did trade uh, right-handed pitcher Adrian Hauser and outfielder Tyrone Taylor to the New York Mets for right-handed pitching prospect Coleman Crow. Um, yeah, I guess, did you like the trade and what were your thoughts on it and so forth? Uh, I didn't really think too much about the trade. I didn't, I, you know, I'm not sure that we got a ton of upside in our return. Um, I do understand the need to clear some roster spots. You know, I, I guess I'm just a little bit more concerned about how we're not really getting value back for anybody that we're letting go from our, our roster. That being said, I'm not going to lose a ton of sleep about Tyrone Taylor and Adrian Hauser. I do think that, um, particularly with Tyrone Taylor, the outfield situation really does need to be cleared up. I have a feeling that Jackson Churio is going to be on our opening day roster, barring some sort of uh, injury or catastro- catastrophic uh, performance in spring training. So uh, my guess is, is that this is more a way to, to – you know, clear some space in the outfield for uh, Churio than it is for, um, you know, any sort of value that we get back for Tyrone Taylor. And for Hauser, I think it's more of a cost-cutting move. Um, you know, I think his, his salary was going to go up a little bit in arbitration. Um, this was his last year of arbitration eligibility before hitting free agency going into the 2025 season for Adrian. But um, I, I do think that, you know, the, the issue that I have is going to be what are we going to use that savings on? I mean, are the Brewers going to actually spend money? We've been hearing now for what, two and a half uh, months that, Oh, it's still early in the off season here. We sit yet again, Craig, where we don't have uh, anything to show for our off season yet outside of our manager leaving and trading guys, but not getting much of a return for anything and signing, you know, backup type players, bench guys that we may be plugging into our starting first baseman. So I, I really don't know what the plan was going into this off season. And um, the Brewers payroll is not, uh, an albatross around the team were significantly lower than last year's payroll already at this point. So my, my question just always comes back to, you know, what is our plan and what are we actually spending money on at this point? Yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, I, well, I guess first let me comment on the trade. Um, yeah. Adrian Hauser, obviously back rotation starter filled in admirably when healthy, for the Brewers, I thought it was a valuable piece. And of course, he was originally 
part of the same trade that uh, brought us um, Josh Hader over from the Astros organization um, back in the day. So um, I thought he kind of exceeded expectations or my expectations of him while he was with the club. So kudos to the guy. I think he could be, you know, definitely be a valuable pitcher for the Mets. I could see why the Brewers didn't want to pay him and his his arbitration price because they could probably sign a free agent for uh, about the same price or at least give some of the younger younger guys that are ready, major league ready, some play in the major leagues. And I'm really thinking, uh, you know, maybe Robert Gasser, who was part of that um, trade with the Padres last year, um, also uh, happened to be uh, Josh Hader involved. But um, also even... Aaron Ashby, I think, will be returning from injury at some point this year, and it's already been stated that he will be part of the rotation and not the bullpen. So we really just kind of had a – and the, again, to me, it's always smart going into a Major League Baseball season, especially one that if you expect to contend, to have at least not just your top five starters. You should have at least a depth of like seven or eight starting pitchers because um, injuries happen all the time. Starting pitchers in the Brewers are well aware of that. Um with that being said, they're able to use the money they're saved from Hauser to possibly lure someone like Brandon Woodruff back on a one or two year deal. Obviously, a two year deal would make sense. Yeah. But th then that's fine. But if they do nothing with the money saved, then that's a little bit perplexing. Tyrone Taylor, again, he had some really clutch hits for us down the stretch. And whenever he got an opportunity, he seemed to like exceed expectations. So I, he's like one of those underdog guys that you like to root for. With that being said, I think the Brewers have determined he wasn't going to be an everyday major league player, at least not with this club with the young talent we have coming up, like you mentioned, with Trio and, of course, Mitchell Freelick. And, of course, we got our franchise player and uh, Christian Yelich also. And Joey um, Weimer. Joey Weimer, too. And Joey Weimer as well. So there's obviously a crowded outfield mix. And so I think he was expendable. And, and again, maybe just giving him an opportunity that, with the Mets as well. Um, and so there you go. So I, the Brewers seem to target possibly a, you know, a prospect who's not that highly rated in the Mets – wasn't that highly rated in the Mets system, but he did just have Tommy John surgery last year. And he, his, his prospect value was going up right before that happened. So I think they saw something in him um, that could, you know, he could be a, you know, a future key arm in the, in the farm system. But as of right now, it's really, it was without a doubt, a cost cutting move um, in my opinion. And, and yeah, like you said, I, I feel like they could have, if they would have put those guys out there at other teams, I'm sure the return could have been greater. And it seems like, you know, it's almost like calling a friend and be like, Hey, you want this old couch I have or something like rather than throwing it up there on Craigslist or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll give you 20 bucks instead of, you know, putting it on marketplace or whatever. Yeah. 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 So here you go, dude, you want these guys or whatever? Like, cause Mark doesn't want to pay them. So, Oh yeah. yeah. We got, I guess we got plenty of money where I am now. So sure. Why not throw them on over? <laughs> So yeah, yeah. Fortunately, it was something like that, uh, most likely. Um, yeah. So that's a little bit frustrating. One of, the, one, one of the things that kind of struck me, you know, and and this comes back again to the cost savings point that that I think we're both making here is that Hauser's projected to make five point six million dollars, uh, you know, during the twenty twenty four season, um, by the Athletic and other um, sources, the MLB trade rumor site. Uh, and I think that Colin Ray uh, signed a deal, who I think is a very, very similar pitcher. I think that Colin Ray's deal for 2024 is $3.5 million. So you're talking about, you know, a, a, a reasonable cost savings of, you know, $2 million-ish um, on that for what I think is a very similar pitcher. So my guess is, is that Matt Arnold in the Brewers brass feels pretty comfortable going with a, a, the, 
less expensive option than Colin Ray. So that's my guess. Um, you know, that being said, it's, it, you are relying a little bit more on, you know, guys like Ashby coming back from his injury and actually contributing to the rotation because you are dealing with that depth. And when it comes down to it, paying a guy like Adrian Hauser $5.6 million is, is kind of a steal on the open market to me um, to get a back end of the rotation type of arm, a guy who can pitch out of the bullpen, um, you know, somebody that has, knows the organization that has been around the league for a while, knows the system for all those reasons, I probably would have kept Hauser personally. Um, but in trying to explain the move, my best guess is, is that they view Colin Ray as being, you know, a very similar type of pitcher and are hoping that, you know, Ashby and Miley and others don't have injuries this year um, and that the rotation is deep enough. You know, that being said, though, we still don't have Brandon Woodruff back, coming back. Um, we still are missing, you know, some other pieces that might be necessary. You never know when injury bugs hit. And I do worry a little bit about the depth. But, you know, if they end up using that cost savings on bringing in a first baseman, well, then I'll I'll, I'll stop complaining at that point if that's the plan. But we'll see. Or even bringing in a different uh, free agent rotation arm like like a Marcus Stroman or yeah. something like that like well yeah that'd be and if you're going to put that money <laughs> yeah. towards something great then I understand the move otherwise on its own it's just a giveaway basically it's it's completely a cost-cutting move and again you don't hate to see those guys go necessarily but like you said um you know there's definitely some value to them and and it's my opinion Andrew Hauser is a much better pitcher than Colin Ray unfortunately he's not on our organization Colin Ray is but with that $2 million, there's a reason there's a difference in that price cost is because he's just a better pitcher, in my opinion, and with, with more upside. But anyway, um, with that being said, um, it is what it is. So that was one move. We also um, signed a backup catcher since, of course, we we lost out um, on, our, on our other backup catcher, uh, the, um, Victor uh, Caratini. So now um, it's a former Tiger Eric Haas is going to be our catcher backing up Wilson or William uh, William Contreras uh, for 2024. So welcome to organization, Eric. And then one other minor move that we did make um, this past week, we traded for left-handed pitcher, relief pitcher Brian Hudson from the Dodgers, and we gave up prospect left-handed pitcher Justin Chambers. Not a highly rated prospect by any means, but uh, I'm not exactly sure what the lure of Brian Hudson was. Um, he's already in his late 20s and has had very little to no major league baseball or minor league baseball success so far. So I, that's a little bit of a head scratcher. Uh, yeah, most definitely was. I mean, we needed uh, back at catcher getting back to the Eric Haas move. Um, I was you know, excited to see Eric Haas come in as a, as a backup catcher. I, I give the Brewers organization quite a bit of credit in the catcher's department, you know, being able to take um, pretty much, uh, well, the majority of guys who have come in, whether as the starter or as the backup catcher over the past seven, eight, nine, ten 10 seasons, even, and, and transforming them into a very serviceable guy. Um, you, you know, we've seen that with guys with a lot of talent, like William Contreras, uh, as he comes in and improves his defense. And we've seen it with, you know, others who are more offensive-minded catchers improve their defense. We've seen with defensive-minded guys improve their offense, guys like Victor Caratini. So I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's fine to bring in a backup like Eric Haas. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about seeing what he can do in Milwaukee, and I, I'm very okay with this move. It was a pretty low dollar amount 
um, as a move as well. So I think that the Brewers are going to be well served by Eric Haas as a backup. And and don't forget that this is a bridge too. We've got Cuero uh, in the minor leagues that's going to be knocking at the door in the big leagues, hopefully within a year or two, um, barring some sort of injury. And I I think that Haas's deal is for a one year deal. So I'm I'm very okay with this as a as a stopgap for a year, um, and we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah. Um... But I do think that Victor Caratini was really good, was really solid with the bat, and I and uh, I really liked him yeah. as a backup catcher. In fact, he was oh, yeah, given injury, and, and luckily Contreras was pretty healthy all of last year. Given injury, I would have been fine with him even starting games. Whereas th- in this situation, I would prefer not to have him being a starting catcher for any length of time. So, with that being said, I'm sure he can handle a staff and whatnot. He's got, it's just a veteran backup catcher. This, these guys yeah. bounce around for backup catcher from team to team from year to year, all, all their careers. So it's, it's not a surprising move. There's nothing really exciting about it, but you know, welcome to the organization. Yeah. Hopefully he does well here. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I do, I do like Caratini too, for the record, Craig, that was not a rip on Caratini. I think yeah. that, um, in fact, I think that with the departure of uh, Martin Maldonado, as, as many of our, Listeners may remember uh, I'm down here in Houston, so you know I'm near uh, to a lot of Astros moves. And Martin Maldonado, former Brewer, has been the Astros starting catcher for you know I think the last four seasons, and he signed a free agent contract with the Chicago White Sox. And so I, I think that the plan uh, here in Houston is for Caratini to be the starting catcher. So it, it's obviously you know a, a nod to his talent level, and I think it's going to be. Um, a good career move for Caratini to come down to Houston, most likely just because he is going to be able to start a lot more than whether the guy who's a backup to William Contreras, who obviously is an all-star level um, top tier catching talent in the national league. I will say that the Josh Hader trade um, is starting to look better and better <laughs> by each passing month and year. Obviously we didn't like it at the time. It was devastating whatnot, but now long-term, I mean, Having an all-star level catcher like we do in William Contreras is a very valuable thing to have in baseball, especially with so much team control still. So I, I do think that really has, in the long-term, benefit the club, and I I, do, I like Robert Gasser as well. So, um, yeah, but with that being said, um, yeah, I, I think the catching – I like our catching uh, core here going into 2024. And, yeah, as far as the lefty reliever that the, that the Hudson, that the Brewers got from the Dodgers – it's like one of those things where they may have identified that there's one pitch of his that stands out above the rest and that they really feel that they can mold him into something. And they've done a pretty good job on some reclamation uh, projects in the bullpen. So I guess I'll give this regime uh, the benefit of the doubt if they've seen something in this guy that, uh, and left-handers are always pretty valuable um, out of the bullpen. So maybe he can become something. Obviously he's, he's going to be uh, very, very cheap. Uh, so, so it is what it is. So speaking of cheap, uh, I'm just got a list of, Still current for agents here in the offseason. Um, and again, the, the list gets less exciting by the day. Unfortunately, I'm kind of surprised that Josh Hader is still out there, not signed. Um, I'm starting to wonder if teams yeah. are a little bit leery on giving him a, a really long-term contract. Um, I think he'll hold up for a while still. But again, he does have some mileage on his arm as a reliever, high-end reliever like that. But uh, I don't. I, unfortunately, I don't see the Brewers bringing him back. Um or pointing up the money that that would cost and North probably should they with Devin Williams in tow. And, but with that being said, yeah, would that be, still, would that be funny if, if the Brewers did bring back Hater? I mean, wouldn't that be incredible? That would be something we, no one would have expected, I guess, but uh, it would have really paid off then possibly besides missing our window to uh, go really deep in the playoffs and all that such stuff, but maybe the window is not closed. So let's, let's stay positive. Um, but this, 
every season, you know, it seems like we're waiting and waiting and waiting until the bargain bin opens up and we can just swoop in there and grab whatever is the cheapest uh, corner uh, infielder slash DH that's left out on the market and give them a try. And, and it's really getting frustrating to do that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's to the point where like the Brewers are waiting so long that it's like they're waiting, waiting by Christmas wrapping for, for Christmas. And they're almost at the point where like, they're just going to wait till Christmas is over and grab it at 50% off or something. Like it's just ridiculous, which is really defeats the purpose. So I, I don't know. Um, looking at the list of free agents still out there, is there anyone that really, I know we talked about this a little bit last time. Is there, any, and I know that you identified Whit Merrifield as someone that you really uh, would like us to target as a second baseman. Um, and that's a great name to throw out there. Uh, is there anyone else that kind of intrigues you on this list or on the, on the free? Yeah. Agent? I mean, yeah, there's a couple guys. Um, and I think that most of the guys actually I was looking at are, are still available, oddly enough. Um, with Merrifield, I think would be a really good addition uh, to the infield mix. I think that that would allow us to trade Adamus. You can move Terang over to shortstop, or it could allow Terang to be, you know, kind of a, a defensive sub, a guy who can play second or short. I still don't know what we can expect out of Terang. His bat, you know, really struggled last year, but I do think that he's still got a ton of upside. He played such great defense. I, I'm inclined to give him another chance uh, up the middle, maybe at shortstop, um, and and trade Adamus you know for depth in another area and then sign with Merrifield for you know a two or three year deal um I'd be very comfortable with that um I love Marcus Stroman I've always loved him I think he's a great pitcher I think that that he would be a really great addition for the Brewers you brought up his name uh earlier this episode I would be strongly in favor of the Brewers looking at a two to three year deal for Marcus Stroman I know he had a rough second half last year I, I think he was battling some injuries maybe that will be enough to drive his price down because he had such a superb first half that I I think that, you know, you could count on him being a good bounce back candidate, though, overall for 2024. Um, I love his attitude. I love the spark that he could bring to a team. So I'm a huge believer in Marcus Stroman. Love to see him in Milwaukee. And I think he would play with a chip on his shoulder, too, against the Cubs, uh, which I'd especially enjoy watching. Um, And he could also, if and when Burns uh, does leave, hopefully after uh, the 2024 season, uh, he could be, you know, a number two-ish starter um, for the Brewers going forward, he's not necessarily going to replace Corbin Burns at this point in his career, but he certainly provides a lot of stability uh, to the top end of that rotation if he does come to Milwaukee. So I'd love to see him there. Um, yeah, outside of that, I, you know, I've been thinking a little bit about Rice Hop- uh, Riz Hopkins. I, uh, I think that the Brewers are desperately in need of a first baseman. I would prioritize it probably above the other um, two positions I just mentioned, but I, I don't know that he's necessarily the answer. My, my dream would be, you know, Alonzo, but I don't know that that's going to happen. So I, I guess we could dip into free agency um, at this point and, and get somebody like a Hopkins. I think that he'd be exciting. Hopkins, I should say, I think he'd be exciting to watch and he certainly would be an upgrade over what we currently have. So I guess those would be the three names I'd throw out there. Well, Alonzo would be a great ad. And now that we're best friends with the GM of the, <laughs> the Mets, I'm sure there's players in our organization he would love to acquire. Uh, but, but with that being said, um, you know, Alonzo, I think, is in his last year of arbitration. He'll be a free agent after this year. So it would be yeah, a go-for-it yeah. move. And it just seems unlikely, something the Brewers have not been doing at all. Uh, in the I, last I'm in a go-for-it mentality, decade. Craig. That's the, that's the yeah. thing, man. I mean, we had a 92-win team last year, and our biggest flaw was offense, and we're not losing much outside of, you know, 11 starts or whatever it was from Brandon Woodruff, who I still think, we could bring back and he he actually would be the fourth guy I would mention or the third guy in the free agent list itself. So, um, you know, if, if I had my dream scenario and we were actually willing to spend some money, I would, I would go and acquire a guy like Alonzo. I would, you know, make it 
So it is that we are heading into the year with some of those holes fixed. Um, if that were the scenario and we had him at first base, I would be a little bit more okay with uh, Tyler Black starting the year as our third baseman. Um, I don't, you know, think that we're going to necessarily upgrade at both positions. Uh, so even though that wouldn't be my first pick, and I think that Black could still use some seasoning, I, I would be okay with okay uh, with that, I guess, uh, under the circumstances, if we were to get at least some power at first. My, my issue becomes when we don't have an anchor at either one of first or third base. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'd, I'd be super excited like you would be, but I'd be shocked also, and I don't expect it, unfortunately. In fact, I don't even expect us to sign a free agent as good as uh, Reese Hoskins, um, just because no. of the fact I think he'll, he'll, he'll price himself out of what we're willing to pay, unfortunately. However, one tier below him, I think Matt Chapman is a third baseman. There's a possibility, but possibly he's even too expensive. So then you look at, now we've already said that we're not going to move Yelich to first. And we've already basically said that we're not necessarily going to hand Jake Bowers a first base job either. So it leads me to believe we'll bring someone in that can play first base. Now there's Carlos Santana bringing him back is still an option. He's out there and and he had a nice year for the Brewers and whatnot. Uh, He is 38 though. Similar old guy like Brandon Belt is not too exciting or Garrett Cooper. These guys pushing past their mid thirties. Even CJ Crone is afraid and he comes up every year as a possibility. I'm not, not exciting at all. Uh, one of my old faves is out there, but probably not a possibility or not no one to be excited at all. And that's Joy Gallo. So I don't know no. what to do. even Joey Votto is out there, uh, who hasn't officially retired, but unless he comes back to the Reds, I don't know that he's gonna. I think he would just go forth with retirement. Another name I'm not interested in that um, Dominic Smith uh, is a free agent. Uh, I'd prefer, I, I just don't think he's only 29, but I he had a zero war last year or whatever. I, I don't think he really brings too much to the team. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> looking at some other free agents that could possibly fill in a DH, I thought, oh God, this is, this sounds like exactly someone the Brewers would sign. Adam Duvall, for some reason, just struck me as like, oh God, that's just some passes prime, never really had a prime aging veteran with a nice power bat that the Brewers would probably bring in. That's just would not be very exciting. So I wouldn't be shocked if we do something like that. Uh, Will Myers is still out there, but he's always injury riddled and has disappointing seasons after disappointing seasons. But he can play first base and outfield, uh, or even some other nice bats out there. But we're more DHs than anything else. Are JD Martinez and Jorge Soler? I don't think that they're probably good fits. If we were to have traded our uh, starting uh, shortstop and Adamas, uh, Tim Anderson seems like a good buy low free agent. I know he's coming off a bad year and injury and whatnot, but he's, he seems like a really good club, you know, a good guy to have a nice bat. But again, over to the pitching side of things, I love Marcus Stroman or Brandon Woodruff, like you mentioned, um, probably not happening on either front, but I would love it. Um, more, more realistically, I wouldn't be surprised if he brought in like a veteran guy, like Michael Lorenzen strikes me as someone we'd sign or maybe even Mike Clevenger, a um, couple of lefties who I'm not interested in, but usually that means the Brewers are. And that's Sean Manaya and uh, Alex Wood. Even a, another buy low guy who's under 30 would be Dakota Hudson, former Car- Cardinals coming off of injury riddled seasons. But I don't know. I, I feel like now that we've gotten rid of house, we probably need to add at least one arm for depth uh, on the rotation side of things. So we'll see how that plays out. And then as far as the bullpen, I think we still need to, had some bullpen arms. I mentioned Phil Matone on last episode, but again, he's just some random guy. Um, guys that we've been interested in the past, left-hander uh, Matt Moore would be interesting. Also, 
well, former Brewer Drew Pomeranz. If he could stay healthy, it would be still somewhat valuable. But um, even on our buy low candidate coming out. Pomeranz a free agent, Craig? Sorry to interrupt. Is Pomeranz a free agent? Yeah. Pomeranz is a free agent. Oh, okay. And then okay. Liam, another buy low White Sox candidate, or former White Sox who was a free agent, Liam Hendricks, uh, former closer, I thought would maybe be a good buy low guy for a setup opportunity. But I'm sure he's probably, him and his agent are probably looking for a closing opportunity, I'm sure. But uh, there's plenty of other names out there I, I didn't Liam, mention. I thought Liam Hendricks was hurt. He came back late last season, um, pitched a little bit out of the bullpen. But, yeah, he was hurt almost all of last year, but he rebounded for, like, yeah. the last month of the season. But then now he's a free agent. So, um, But, yeah, he does have a long history of being hurt. So, um, But he had, he had a Tommy John surgery in August. I'm getting a note from Scotty's intern right here. I, I think he's out for a while, isn't he? So, oh, okay. No, I th- okay. Maybe you're right then. I don't want to question Scott's interns. Yeah, it was a. It was from uh, yeah, Forrest uh, Scott's intern. I don't know, but um, I'm just gonna know from her right now. Okay. Yeah. So I guess he's not a good option. Um, because that's his <laughs> second Tommy John, I believe. So yeah, he's definitely crossed him off the list. Um. All right. Well, yeah. So who knows? It's starting to dwindle down, like the number of quality free agents that are out there. So again, the brewers really seem to be fine dipping into your, their farm system and promoting that ways. And we're really acting like a team that's more of in a half rebuild mode than we are in a contending mode, which to me just I, I it's just kind of a slap in the face as a fan because I feel like this is still a really solid roster and we're defending NL Central champions. I think we should act that way and I don't think, feel that we are. Yeah. Yeah, there's not there's no mentality that's like shouting we're going for the jugular this year. It's like Sort of this wishy-washy, typical Adonacio BS. I'm I'm really tired of it, Craig. To be totally frank, as you know, I've, as we talked about in our pre-production meeting, I you know I think that you're right um, that that's the mentality. I think that you're right that it's an insult to fans. I think that you know you're correct that we should be thinking that we are the team to beat in this division, and it doesn't seem like we're thinking that way at all. It's like you know we've got a, a team sitting in 92 wins who you know lost a manager. And we're, you know, acting like we're we should be in like a full rebuild when we have a, a salary a team uh, salary that's less than last year. I mean, I just don't understand what we're looking at doing at this point if it's not to repeat as champions of the central and go for it in the playoffs with an improved offense. Like that to me should be the plan. And you know what? If we lose Corbin Burns uh, after next season, well then you come up with another plan at that point. But until then, you try to win it. And if it doesn't go according to plan, and the Brewers suck this year, and you know we're sitting there and it's July and the Brewers are in third place. Well, then, yeah, maybe maybe that's when we start saying, okay, we got to sell off some pieces and and regroup for you know seasons to come and trade Corbin at that point. But you know, until then, I think that you go for it. You act like a champion. I'm I'm really tired of this mentality, and it's been going. No, on I agree that long. they should be pushing like with with Burns and and uh, Adamas in their last year, and we're us looking like we're not going to trade them this offseason, either of them. Well, you got to pick a lane. You either got to uh, go into some kind of a rebuild or or signal that or act like you're still going to go for it. And again, it sends a, uh, a signal to the clubhouse too. I mean, it's just, you just gotta, you just gotta get it done. So it's frustrating, but hopefully the, hopefully we'll be pleasantly surprised with some shock signing of either a, a Marcus Stroman or a, a Reese Hoskins or even a, a Matt Chapman or something like that. But, but I mean, I, I just don't want it to be Adam Duvall, uh, Michael Lorenzen, and then like call it a day or whatever. I mean, like, but that's what I'm fully or, expecting. Or, yeah, I mean, every year is the same exact story, and we fall for it every single year. It's really frustrating, you know. It's it's 
Jesse Winker. It's they're just uh, really you know, devaluing Jackie, the offense. Jackie Bradley Jr. It's just like you recycle crap. It's still crap. I mean, I don't understand what the not that these people are like that as human beings. I, let me rephrase that. The talent level of the guys that we keep bringing in year after year is not what I think a quality team should be doing. And the reason why is because yes, you are good enough many times to win in a weak division, but you are never good enough to get past the first round in the playoffs with that mentality. It's just not the way that winners think. And I'm, I, you know, we've heard it from some of our colleagues in the media. We've heard it from our anonymous source, Tom Carter, and we can just kind of see the actions, but it's the Adonacio regime is, is really in this zone where they want to be good enough to not get fans angered or turned off by the team, but they'll never do what it takes to be good enough to actually win a world series in Milwaukee. And it's getting really tiring. And that came straight from our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Yeah, you could just say TC. That would probably make him a little bit happier than revealing his actual name. But we'll remember that for future podcasts. But anyway, we'll we'll keep staying positive. But uh, I know the Brewers' uh, winter warm-up or whatever they're calling it this year or whatever they made up, they're charging $42 for you to go see some kind of live show and get autographs. So in order for me to bring my two kids, it would cost me $130 um, for a couple of hours, get one autograph and see one hour of some game show. Um, they can take the, uh, I'm going to take my money and keep it where it's at. And Mark Antonassi can go, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'll, I guess I'll bite my tongue at this point. But yeah. So unless they start you, spending you know, some money. You know how much it costs to go to the Astros winter warm-up, Craig? What? One dollar. Dollar to dollar to get in. That's what it should be. This should, you should be introducing your team to the younger generation, the fans. That's it, what it, it is. Should, it's a dollar I mean, if you want to limit it to adults or or, or whatever, or, or, or limit or charge adults, that's one thing. But if you're charging kids forty two dollars to go to an event like this, this is ridiculous. Like it's just. Oh, let's not discriminate. Like why why charge anybody that? You know, it's crazy. It's a it's down here in Houston. I just looked at it during this podcast just to verify. It's one dollar uh, to get in the door. And it's free autographs, people of any ages, and they're there for several days. And um, if you volunteer at one of the booths, it's free entry, which is, you know, a variety of things. It could be charities, but it could also be baseball-related things. I just got a note from our um, Sabre president here in the group, if anyone wants to work the booth. Uh, it's, you know, free to get in. Otherwise, it's a dollar to get in generally. So that's it. Nice. Yep. Thanks for joining us, fans. <laughs> and remember to stay classy and go Brewers. All right, Craig. Good episode, guys. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks, Chad. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do.